morning, fam church. It's great. Are you excited to be here this morning? I'm glad you're excited because when service started, I wasn't too sure you guys were excited about being here. It was like watching zombies worship, okay? And so I'm glad you have some energy. And Jesus has something to say to all of us today. And uh, um, I also have this goal of being out of here on time today because we've been so bad lately. And I think with what time it is now, I should be able to reach that goal. And so, yeah, you can be excited about that as well. Well, I just felt really bad last week because people were getting up and leaving because it was like 1220 and we still weren't done yet. And so, um, but here, um, you know, we're glad that everybody's here this morning. Fam Church, we are here to connect people to Christ. That's what we are about. If you're here for the first time or uh, you're, you're in church for the first time. Uh, that's what we're all about. We're all about connecting people to Christ. And, and we hope that your time, your experience here has been connection to Christ um, because that's our goal. That's Because we, we know that only when you're connected to Christ do you live the life that God really wants you to live. Do you live to your fullest potential? It's only when you're connected to Christ. And so we want that for you this morning. And this morning we're continuing our series called Keys to the Kingdom. As I said last week, the reason for this series is just like our car just like our house, just like so many other things that take keys, there are keys to the kingdom of God. There are pieces and parts that need to be in place, that need to be inserted into the kingdom of God to unlock the fullest kingdom potential within an organization, within a church. And we are talking about those things that God wants to use as the keys for the kingdom here at Fam Church and here with us reaching the city of Mulberry. And so we started off last week uh, in looking at the church's mission. And you guys already heard me say it, connecting people to Christ. And, and, and that's, um, that mission comes directly from the Bible. It comes directly from Jesus. Jesus, we looked at last week in uh, Luke 17, tells his disciples, tells his followers, hey, I am here for one purpose. I am here for one reason, and that was to seek and to save those who are lost. And what we saw was that needs to be our mission here as well. We need to be seeking. We need to be reaching out to those who are far from God. And so that's what we are here for, to connect people to Christ, to reach people that are far from God. But remember, in order to accomplish this, we needed to see several things within the church, okay? And the first thing that we needed to see in the church is that it's not about what I want. Church is a place where we come and we build ministries and we're actively engaged in what Jesus wants and to get what he is looking for from his church. The second thing that we saw when we were looking at this is that... uh, God, I lost my spot already. Yeah, that's not a glory. That's a, that's a terrible thing. I lost my spot. I don't even know where I was going with that. But okay, the, the, we saw three things, okay? Uh, the first thing is to, do, uh, to go out and do whatever we can. Uh, passion to connect people to Christ. Uh, we should be bothered enough. That's what it is. We should be so bothered by the fact that people are going to hell that we don't stay inside of the walls of this church, but that we go out there and that we reach people, okay? Then the second thing was that the church is not about us and what we want. And then the final thing that we saw is that uh, we've got to believe that the best days of the church are ahead and not behind us. That, that God is doing something tomorrow that's going to be even greater than he did today. That God is going to be doing something greater next month than he did this month. And so those were the three things that we saw that we needed in place to, to become part of our DNA, to become part of 
who we are at Fam Church in order to reach this community. And then the final thing we talked about was a simple way that we can connect people to Christ, and that was through hear a pain, hear a problem, and pray for them. Okay? It was a simple formula. That's all we need to do. We're talking with somebody. We're talking with our neighbor. We're talking with a friend, a coworker. You hear a pain. You hear a problem. You stop and you pray for them. I had somebody come and tell me that they did just that this week at work and how it went, and it went pretty well, and that's pretty great. I'm just, I'm glad somebody is taking what they're hearing and actually applying it to their life. But that's all we need to do is hear a pain, hear a problem, and pray for them. And so let's move on to this week. And this week we are going to look at the purpose of the church. And in this discussion, we're going to start to dig in the, into the surveys that we asked people to fill out. And so uh, I do have to say, though, with this survey, there was a little bit of disappointment in that less than 50% of the people who come here on a Sunday morning took the time to fill out the survey. And so I'm not entirely sure that the results are 100% accurate, but they probably are. Um, and uh, because the more surveys you had, the more accurate the information um, is. And, but we're going with what we found on the surveys. And so let me ask you this question. Have you ever been in a place where you tried to determine the purpose of something? Like you were in your garage, your dad's garage, and you were looking through his tools and you pulled out a tool and you said to yourself, what on earth is the purpose of this? Or maybe have you ever gotten a, a gift from somebody and you unwrapped the gift and you said to yourself, what is the purpose of this gift? Anyone been there? Anyone done that? Well, if you haven't been there and you haven't done that, we're going to look at a few things on the screen here and uh, see, um, you're going to look at these and you're going to say to yourself, what on earth, what the heck? And so here it is. This is the first one. Okay, look at that sign. It's zero feet deep, okay? There is no diving, okay? Who, when they step up to stone pavers and a concrete slab says, I'm going to dive into that? Anyone in the room do that? I don't think anyone does, okay? Why did they have to have that sign on there? Because it is too shallow at zero feet, okay? I think everybody agrees on that. Or how about this one? You've got this door that goes through a wall that's only about three feet longer than the wall itself, okay? I mean, what is the purpose of that door? Does that person need to get to their car? I don't even know what the point of that door is. What is the purpose of the door? How about this one? Okay. You've got a gate on a sidewalk. That's going to keep people out right there, right? Because nobody knows that you can walk on the grass. All right. What's the next one? Caution. Do not swallow. Has anybody ever had a family member die from swallowing a whole coat hanger? Anyone? No, I have no idea why the coat hanger has do not swallow on it. I mean, I couldn't even get that in my mouth. I mean, okay, next one, the final one. Okay, so this one's really good. Okay, you cannot jump here, but it's okay if you jump here or here. I mean, it makes no sense. The, these things have no purpose. They were just put there, and, and nobody can figure out the purpose from just looking at these pictures. But for the majority of things that are out there, they all have a purpose, right? And the church is no different. The church has a purpose for being here. Jesus did not start the church because he felt like we needed something to do on a Sunday morning, okay? Jesus did not start the church because he felt like um, he needed to bore people to death for an hour or so on a Sunday morning. Jesus did not start the church because he had nothing else better to do, okay? 
Jesus had a reason for, and to discover that reason for starting the church, we're going to go to the book of Acts this morning. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2, and we're going to be in verses 42 through 47. And uh, if, you, uh, if you know where that's at, you're welcome to turn there. If you're not familiar with it, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then you have Acts in the New Testament. And, uh, and so you can uh, uh, find it that way. Otherwise, if you just don't know, that's fine. We're going to have it on the screen behind me for you to follow along with. But... Uh, but uh, Acts chapter 2, and it's written by the same guy who wrote the, the, the book that we read out of last week, Luke. It's written by this doctor guy. He was the one who wrote it. And, uh, and it's really, the book of Acts ends up being about 50% a first-hand account uh, of what actually happened in the building of the Roman church, because if you're, or the church throughout the Roman Empire, because if you read the book of Acts, you're going to find places in there where instead of saying he or they, it says we and I. And what that means is that the guy, Luke, who actually wrote this, was there and present for when those events happened, for when those events transpired. And so it's, a, it's got some first-hand account parts in it as well. And so here's what it says, starting in chapter 2 of verse, uh, and verse 42, it says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved." Okay, this is where the church is at shortly after what's called the Day of Pentecost. And uh, the Day of Pentecost uh, is a day on the Jewish calendar. For those of you who aren't familiar with this, the early church was all Jewish, okay? And so th there was very few people who were non-Jewish who were a part of the church. And uh, this was a Jewish festival. It was part of the Jewish Feast of Weeks um, where the Jews celebrated and they thanked God for the harvest. It was just an ancient harvest festival. And uh, on this day, the Day of Pentecost, they commemorated the day that Moses was given the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. Well, this, this event became an important day in church history because what happened in uh, Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost was all the believers were in this upper room. There was 120 at that time. They were gathered together. They were sitting in this room, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just fell in the room. And, and it says tongues of fire was everywhere. The doors blew open. The windows blew open. It just got craziness and pandemonium just broke out. Okay, and then what happened was is that Peter, after all of this happened, he stepped out onto a balcony there in the upper room, and there was a crowd of thousands of people gathered below, and they were all there because of this Jewish festival. They were in town for this Jewish festival, and Peter just started to tell them about what took place. He started to tell them about who Jesus was. He started to tell them about how Jesus had come and died for their sins, and that day it says 3,000 gave their lives to Christ. 3,000 people in that one moment gave their lives to Jesus. I don't know if any of you have ever thought of this, but the very first church was a mega church. Okay, the very first church went from 120 to 3,000 in a week. Okay, so it's like, try, it, it, how to picture this is, look at our church now, and then try and picture 3,000 people showing up next Sunday. Okay? I mean, that's what happened. And that's chaos. That's craziness. That's insanity. That's, that's like a leadership nightmare waiting to happen. And so they had, they had their clear mission, but they needed to know what their purposes were. And so we saw their purposes here in this text. And this is what their purposes were. In this section of the book of Acts, we see that the church 
defined who they were, their, three pur- their, their purposes with these five things. The church was about discipleship. It says they gathered for the apostles' teachings. It was about fellowship. They broke bread and they hung out. It was about worship. They praised God. It was about evangelism. As it said, people were getting saved daily. And ministry they gave to anyone that had need. And I know I threw some words out there that without defining what these words meant, it may not mean much to you. And so let's, let's talk about what these words mean. And so we'll start with this word discipleship. What is the word discipleship? A lot of times we get this picture in our head that discipleship is what we do. We come to a church, we sit in a classroom, and we have somebody talk to us. We have somebody tell us about what they saw, what they learned, and like they studied Luke. And so for 45 minutes they sit there and they talk about what they saw in the book of Luke. We take all of this knowledge, we stick it in our brain, we get up out of the room, and we go on, and we say, okay, I was just in discipleship. That's not entirely discipleship, okay? See, discipleship is not about gaining more head knowledge and having more information in our brain, but it's about that information translating to our life and becoming a part of who we are so that when we walk out, our goal and our purpose on hearing that information is to become more like Jesus and do what Jesus has asked us to do in the situation. See, too often we just define it as they're sitting in the classroom, but it's not just sitting in the classroom. Discipleship is allowing that word that we heard, that teaching that God gave us to change us and transform us and to do something in our lives differently. And you know what? The Bible says that if we just take information into our brain and don't actually do something with it, it says we're deceiving ourselves. James 1.22 says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. See, that's discipleship, learning what Jesus has to say to us so that we can apply it to our lives and do what it says. All right, the second word there is fellowship. And this is about getting together and spending time together outside of the church service. See, talking to somebody for a minute when we walk in the doors, talking to somebody for a minute while we're doing that meet and greet thing in the middle of service or saying, hey, what's up to somebody as we're sprinting out the door on a Sunday morning does not qualify as fellowship. See, the word in the, Old, or the New Testament that they translated from the Greek to this word fellowship means it's an intimate knowing of one another. It's people who spent time together. It, it's used in business context for business partners. It's used in, in family relationships and connections there. Fellowship was about spending time together on a deeper level than surface stuff. That's what this word fellowship fellowship means. So when we move that over to the church, it's a group of people that have a close connection with and spend time together outside of the church and, its, and the church services. Now, I don't want to, I'm not trying to imply by this that we have to be close with everyone because that's impossible, okay? We can't be close with everyone. We can have, I believe they've done studies and they found that we can have up to 10 to 15 friends. And I know some of you got 4,000 friends on Facebook Those aren't all friends, okay? I'm just going to tell you that right now. I know you don't want to hear that, but they're not friends. These are just people that you know. But it's about having a group of people within the walls of the church that we are close with and then we spend time with them outside of the walls of the church. Our next word is worship. 
And I've mentioned this a few weeks ago in week six of letters from Patmos, but the, the word worship comes from the old English word worthship. Okay? And so what it means is it means we, we worship, worthship means to pay special respect to or literally ascribe worth to some person or thing. So when we're talking about worshiping something, we're talking about giving it worth through our actions, through our speech, through our behavior, through our whole lives. And that's kind of a big expansion because a lot of times what people think of as worship in the church is, you know, what happens right here on a Sunday morning. You know, we had worship with music and then I get up and I talk for a few minutes and we've had a worship service and we all go home and we've done worship. But worship is so much more. Worship involves our whole entire life. It's about everything that we are. It's about everything that we do. It's about our life being centered in Jesus and having us revolve around Jesus, not Jesus revolve around us. Then the fourth word on our list is evangelism. Evangelism is telling people about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Evangelism takes many forms. I mean, it takes the form of Hope Fest coming up here uh, in eight days. Uh, that's, that's evangelism. We're going to tell people about who Jesus is, but uh, it's more than that. It's us feeding the Mulberry High School football team several times this season and having these young men who maybe some of them probably don't even set foot in a church coming and sitting in our FLC and allowing us to pray for them before they head out for their football game. That is outreach. It's about go, Hope Fest Go and going to the doors and knocking on the doors and saying to people who live in our neighborhood, hey, guess what? Jesus loves you and we want you to come to this event. That's outreach. Other things that are outreach, Ashley and your group, Rigorously Honest group, that is outreach. You know, Millie and, and June and your Grief Share group, these are outreaches. All of these things can be classified as outreach, okay? It's not just one thing, it's multiple things. It involves many things, even us showing up at the community backpack giveaway and us being the force. I mean, we had most of the volunteers at most of the stations uh, at this event, and that was outreach. It was showing the community who Fam Church was and that we love Jesus enough to show up and do something about what's wrong with our community. And then it's about all of us doing what we can to reach out to those that are far from God, engaging them in conversation, and showing them the hope that is in us. Then finally, the last one is ministry. Many people, when they hear the word ministry, they think about the pastor and the people who work for the church and the things that we do. And yes, that's part of ministry, but that's not all ministry is. See, ministry is everyone in the church, getting involved in an area that they feel called to, that they feel uh, that they have the ability to do, and using it to advance the mission of the church, advance the mission of Jesus. And so if you're here and you're, you're cleaning toilets, that's ministry. You know, if you're here and you're sweeping floors, that's ministry, okay? If you're here and you're cutting the grass, that's ministry, just as much as what I'm doing right now is ministry, that stuff qualifies as ministry as well. 
See, there's nothing complicated about it. We too often try to complicate things and say, oh, you have to have gone to seminary, you have to have gone to Southeastern University and gotten a degree in ministry in order to stand up and do ministry. No, you don't. You don't need that stuff in order to minister properly and effectively. God has a role for each of us in the church. We just need to make ourselves available to Jesus so that he can use us for the things that he has for us to do to advance the mission of connecting people to Christ. It doesn't matter what it is you're doing. Those are the five purposes of the church. That's what Jesus has called his church to be about. And because Jesus wants that from his church, that is what fam church needs to be about as well. And so what we have done is we've taken these five concepts of discipleship, fellowship, worship, evangelism, and ministry and boiled them down to three words. How we've defined those terms here at FAM Church is through the three L's that are on the fourfold pamphlet that we asked you to take last week and start posting about. Uh, the first purpose is to live. And what that means is we are going to live like Christ to others and live a life where we minister to those inside and outside the church. This L word addresses the two purposes of evangelism and ministry. Okay, to live like Christ is to do what he did. And last week we saw that he reached out to people to bring them from their life that was far from God to a life that walked with him reaching out. Then ministering to those inside and outside the church speaks to us all having gifts and talents to be used in ministry for God's plans and purpose. The second L in, the, uh, thir- uh, in our series of three L's is to love. And, uh, and what we mean by this is that we love Jesus by centering our lives in him and we love others as Jesus had loved us. This this L word addresses uh, the purpose of worship and fellowship. As we said, the whole idea of worship is about centering our lives in Jesus. It's about putting him at the center of everything. And so that's what this word speaks of is putting Jesus at the center of everything by loving Jesus. But then it's also about fellowship and us loving one another in this room and taking time and spending time with one another, uh, hanging out outside of the church walls, getting to know each other, having a small group of people that we are connected to on a regular basis basis. And then finally, the third L is learn. This one should kind of be self-explanatory, and it's about us continually growing in maturity towards Jesus. That means that we work at becoming more like Jesus, not just in our head knowledge, but in our actions and our behaviors. So those are how Fam Church defines the five purposes that Jesus gave for his church, and here's the deal. They've done a lot of researches on churches to discover what makes some churches grow and others not, what makes some churches healthy and others not. And if you got my email in regards to this survey, you've already heard this information, but what they found is that in a church, if a church is scoring 65% or higher in any of those five areas, the church is healthy and the church is seeing growth. But if it scores less than 65%, The church will not grow. It doesn't matter what category it is. Worship, discipleship, evangelism, any of those categories, if it's under 65%, the church is not healthy and nothing, it's not going to grow. It's not going to be a healthy orgasm that's going to cause, organism, gosh, I did that twice. I did that uh, uh, a few, uh, this time they got it on tape though, last time it wasn't on tape, so. Um, But anyways, It's not going to be this healthy organism that's going to grow, okay? And 65% in school is a D, right? 
Yeah, in God's math, it's an F. So God's a little bit tougher, greater than, than uh, Miss Rose and uh, Miss Williams over there. And I don't know who else is the teacher in here, but uh, uh, yeah. So God gives an F at 65%. And so are you ready to hear the results of our survey? Are you sure? You always start with the question, do you want the good news or the bad news first? I always start with the bad news because then the good news, because you don't want to get good news and then, then to hear how, bad, how, how terrible you are, right? And, and so let's start uh, with our bad news. Uh, we, uh, so can anybody guess what area we scored lowest in? Anybody want to take a stab? Anyone want to take a shot? Anyone brave enough to yell out an answer? Where do you think we scored the lowest? Huh? No, not evangelism. Not discipleship. Fellowship. We scored so low, we almost broke the chart. I had figured that this was going to be low just after observing here for 19 months because that's how long I've been here. But I didn't realize how bad a shape we were in with fellowship, okay? And I know some of you are thinking, but wait a minute, when I, we walk through the doors, everybody is so friendly and so uh, welcoming and so nice. I mean, what's the problem? Well, yeah, that may be true, but as I already said, that's not fellowship. See, fellowship is engaging and connecting outside the walls of this building here. Okay? Outside the walls, having a small group of people, it doesn't matter if you come and you talk to people on Wednesday nights or Sunday service. Um, that's not what it's about. It's not about happening here. And yes, some of you guys have a small group of people here that you hang out with, but for the majority, we found that's not the case. We found actually that the highest number, you know, we, we had the question of how many close friends outside of family do you have at Fam Church? What scored the highest was zero friends at this church, okay? That's what scored the highest, okay? And so that should concern us. That should really concern us. And we're not going to go anywhere as a church, and we're not going to be all we can be for Mulberry and Lakeland unless we can break that. See, our friendship circles, they need to be open. We need to be engaging with other people besides that one person that we talk to on a regular basis. We need to be a church that is building these friendship circles where outside of this church, everybody in this room has two or three people that also come here that they can call when something bad happens in their life. And now some of you are saying, well, isn't that what you are here for? I cannot effectively, the church is small and I cannot effectively give proper pastoral care to this room right now. There's too many people here. It needs to be done through the body of Christ. Us as believers need to be able to get connected in so that when somebody's got something going on, they don't have to worry about whether or not they can get a hold of me, but they can call so-and-so that they talk to and that person can pray for them and, and, and somebody can get a hold of me at some point in time, but you need to have those people close to you that can come and step in in that situation when those things start to happen. And see, we've tried to do things to fix this. I, I had a, uh, a New Year's Eve party at my house last year. You know, people showed up for that. I had a Super Bowl party at my house last year, and some people. I was hoping that this was going to help jumpstart this thing, but it didn't. Okay, and so now I'm having a game night at my house on November 4th, and uh, so I want you to come. I know our house isn't that big, but we'll find a way to get everybody in there. We'll find a way to get uh, all the people in that space so that we can have, and listen, if if you're saying to yourself, I hate board games, that's fine. I hate board games too. 
It does, just come so that you can meet people. I mean, that's what it's about. It's not about board games. We talked about this last week, you know. It's not about board games. It's about living the purposes that Jesus has for us. And so we, in order, until we can do that, we're not going to become a healthy church. Okay, there's a second area that we scored under 65 at. And you may be saying, oh, man, we had more than one area? Yeah. The second area that we scored really low in was discipleship. Um, and leadership development falls under discipleship, and uh, so that helped push the numbers down because we just haven't been doing much with it, but that doesn't change the fact that we're not healthy when it comes to discipleship. There are multiple issues that contribute to this, but there is a twofold solution to it. First, it involves myself and church leaders putting in place a system of discipleship that is the most beneficial to the most people in this church, and we're going to start working on that. But the second involves me and you getting involved in the things that we have available for discipleship. Okay, it may not be a perfect system, and like I said, we're going to work on that, but we need to be involved in something uh, besides this Sunday service um, that's helping us to learn about the things of the Bible and what Jesus has to say to us. And then the third area that we scored weak in, but we did not score under 65% is evangelism. Uh, we need to get stronger at evangelism, but we, right now we are doing a good enough job in it that it's not something that we need to focus on at the moment. The next area is ministry. We scored okay in ministry. We scored above 65%. The only concern that I have is that those of you that are here at FAM and you're involved in ministry and you feel like you're getting tired and you're getting burned out because you're involved in too much stuff, I need to tell you, you need to come talk to me or your department head and let them know this because our goal is not to burn people out. And so you got to talk to somebody. you got to tell somebody, though, otherwise we won't know that. Because I don't want to burn people out, and I will pull people out. if Because if what will happen is you get to the point where you're just completely done, and then you just say, see you later, and walk out the door, and you never gave us a chance. And so if that's you, make sure you talk to somebody uh, about that. Okay? Um, and then uh, worship. Um, this is where we scored the highest on. Um, our Sunday service got uh, very high scores, and so that's a good thing, because really, when I got here, um, the Sunday service was rough, and uh, that was my goal, my first set out to get a good Sunday service, and so now we've focused on that. We've got a good Sunday morning service, and so we're going to kind of leave that thing, and we're going to kind of now move into these other areas that we need to work on as a church to get to the place that we need to get. But what this means is in the coming months, we're going to focus on areas that we are scoring low in. We're going to focus on fellowship. We're going to focus on discipleship and leadership development so that we can start to push those numbers higher. And we're going to try and do all of that while maintaining a quality Sunday morning experience at the highest level that we are doing. And we're still going to be able to try and maintain and advance our evangelism category in that as well. We are going to push, and we are going to push to get better in all of these areas. But the question I hope you are asking is, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my life? And the first thing is uh, this. I need you to all understand how important fellowship is and start engaging in it because the future of the church rests on it. And then be ready and excited about changes that are going to be coming as far as these other categories go so that we can get all areas of the church healthy and moving forward. We don't need to say, oh, I don't like that because we haven't done it that way. The reason we're in the situation we're in is because we're doing it the way we've always done it 
and it needs to change. Because we don't want the future of this church in jeopardy. Okay? Because God put Fam Church where it's at in Mulberry for a reason. And we are not, we, we want to fulfill it. We want to look back. I want to be able to look back 30 years from now. I probably won't be the pastor because I'll be old and I'll be ready to retire. But I want to look back on whoever took my spot. You know, the church had gone from here to here. And when they came, it had gone from here to here. Okay? I don't want to walk away from something going, hey, it was great when I was there, but then completely fell apart when I left. I want to set the church up for its future 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 years from now. That is my goal. That is my purpose in all of this. And I need, I need you guys to get on board and let's move forward with this vision that God has for Fam Church.